0: Welcome to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined and dedicated to silencing the chatter about what women should and shouldn't be doing as they age. Here to bring you stories about women in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, women who are leading inspiring lives that make a difference to themselves and others are Catherine Marino and Gail Zelitsky. Hi, I'm Gail. Hi, I'm Catherine. We are the active voice of Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined Welcome to our weekly podcast. Each week, we showcase vital women between the ages 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that we become irrelevant as we age. These women lead fulfilling lives for themselves and others. Please visit our website, womenover70.com, where you can download a playlist of all the episodes. We also invite you to join our monthly podcast discussion club, and we welcome being asked to speak to your organization or group. If you are an author with a book about women, check out our sponsor opportunities. And so, it's a real pleasure today to welcome
1: Nancy Furman to our podcast. Nancy is 78 and lives in the Chicagoland area. She and I have been close dear friends for over 40 years. We went through two failed first marriages together, remarried wonderful men, were advocates for women's rights played bridge and are past presidents of the National Council of Jewish Women, West Valley section. As the longtime vice president of consulting for the Executive Service Corps, Nancy oversaw the management and quality outcomes of more than 200 annual client consultations and coaching engagements. In her later years with ESC, she managed the interim executive program Referring highly experienced former nonprofit executives to nonprofit organizations that faced a temporary gap in leadership. Since retiring almost five years ago, Nancy continues to volunteer and play with the same dedication and service she showed while working. Her energy is nonstop, and she is always on the lookout for the next adventure. So, welcome, Nancy, to our show.
2: Well, and thank you, Gail and Catherine, for inviting me.
1: You're very welcome. So your own interest in volunteering has led you to find new ways to contribute since you retired from ESC. Tell us what it means to you to volunteer this way and and what work are you doing? Well, when I retired, um, actually, to preface that,
2: I was very Pleased throughout my career to be part of a a program that was of service to the community. That so, through my world of work uh, with Executive Service Corps. I was engaged in helping to make the community and all of its nonprofits, uh, the community better through the nonprofits functioning better. Uh, So when I uh, retired uh, a number of years ago, first from full-time work and then four years ago from uh, part-time uh, work, uh, I felt like I still wanted to be engaged in the community in some way that would still be fulfilling and meaningful. I love to play. I love to do lots and lots of other things to keep our days interesting and and enjoyable, but I still felt uh, really a need and a calling to feel like I was still doing something that was productive. So I, I searched around in various ways to look at volunteer opportunities. I wanted something that was completely new and different. Um, And I was really, really fortunate to come across a program um, that uh, helps uh, adult immigrants improve their English, their English speaking, their uh, vocabulary, their reading, um, and all sorts of ways in communicating in English, as well as learning more about American culture. So, uh, so I connected with this program four years ago, and I have uh, worked with probably I haven't really counted them, but I would say. 10 or 12 different uh, individuals from uh, countries and cultures all over the world who have found themselves in America for all sorts of various different reasons. Um, And they are adults who want to improve their English. And so uh, one-on-one, I get well up until this year, meet with them. Now we, we meet over FaceTime. Um, But uh, I meet with them, I work with them, and and help them uh, in various ways to improve their English and their acculturation to our local society. Um, I have met the most remarkable people, and um, each one is is just brave. You can just imagine what it must be like to have to pick yourself up for even if it's voluntary to come to a new place uh, and not know the language and not know the culture. And so I meet these wonderful people, and I learn about their lives and their their families and their careers and their history and their own customs and cultures, and even their foods, you know, we shared foods as well. And, um, so I just view it as a real win-win. Um, you know, they they tell me that they benefit uh, the one program that I'm involved with. I'm actually involved with two, but one of them does actually pre- and post-testing with the students every year. So they do make progress, which is gratifying. I was very worried the first year whether or not, what if they didn't actually make any progress? But they do. And... Uh, uh, and, and I just so enjoy it. So to me, it's not like work, but I do feel like I'm doing something useful. And so so okay. what
1: countries are they from, Nancy? And what's the organization?
2: Uh, well, the organization, the major organization I've been involved with is something called Read to Learn. And it's through the high school district um, in the northwest suburbs at uh, District 214 and they actually provide training for the volunteers and a lot of continuing education opportunities which i feel is really essential for an effective volunteer program and so it's been a a wonderful organization to be connected to and then they pair you up they match you up with with students um and um so uh, the majority of my students have been from asia from korea most heavily because I guess there is a large Korean population out in the communities where I live. And, um, uh, but some from Japan, um, you know, the Ukraine, Moldova, I had to look up on a map where Moldova was, I wasn't even sure. Uh, and my most recent, uh, student ha- is from Turkey. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it, so I, I've been continuing with one Korean student, my first one, actually, I had stayed with all four years. And, uh, and she and her daughter are actually going back to Seoul at the end of this year. Uh, and uh, won't be back for good so some good time now, I imagine, probably for uh, four years, her daughter's going back for high school, and then hopes to come back to study for university. But uh, so I've been with that student for four years. And the one from Turkey for about a year and a half now, and the others have been you know on and off over the years and a number of other places.
1: Uh-huh. Do you intend to continue doing this?
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, at the beginning of the year, in fact, I intend to get back in touch with the coordinators to replace uh, uh, to you know give me a new student for the uh, the Korean one who is leaving. And the Turkish student is actually on hiatus, too, because she just had a baby. So I figured, well, I'm going to get through the holidays. And the Turkish student does want to come back when her life settles down a little more. So I think I'll just wait it out a while with her and see if she actually is going to be able to um, commit herself to uh, once a week or every other week. I mean, the, the programs, when they're in place and I'm meeting with them in person, they are every week. Uh, But um, doing it on FaceTime, you know, we sort of set our own schedules and and um, I leave it up to the students. And, you know, it depends on what else is going on in their lives. Uh
1: Uh-huh. You know, uh, (laughs) that's that's really great that you spend your time doing that. And uh, but I'd like to switch gears a little bit for a moment and talk about how you have really made your blended family of how many years now 30 30
2: years yes we're married 30 years
1: 30 years <laughs>
2: hard to believe <laughs> it is uh, you're,
1: How how you've made that family work you you have four children and nine grandchildren and yet I see that you have done an extraordinary job of keeping everybody together and and creating all kinds of new <laughs> traditions you want to tell us a little bit about that well, it's, it's been a challenge,
2: um, but right from the beginning, you know, my husband had two uh, almost adult children and I had two almost adult children, you know, kind of in and out of college ages. And um, so, uh, so we sort of, you know, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of conversation about it, but it just sort of evolved that, you know, we were going to really work hard to bring the children together. They weren't little. They weren't, uh, well, one of them actually did live with us for a very short, two of them actually, for a very short time at the beginning. Um, but um, um, but basically, they were grown and finding their own ways. Um, so it's not like we were living together and raising them, but but we created family opportunities and tried to create family traditions to that would bring all the children together. Three of the four live here. The fourth one, my son is in Florida. So he's not connected in the same way because he just doesn't know the others at all in that way. But uh, the three that live here are all married and all have children now. They didn't, of course, at that time. And uh, so, so we've just worked very hard. It was the one thing we were committed to was that I would, you know, be fair to his kids he would be fair to my kids and we tried to uh to whatever we did for for one person's kids that we did for the others and uh, and they did recognize that we were being fair in that way and all welcomed that so we were lucky too that the kids each welcomed our new partners Uh, and so we would try right from the beginning, we would try and get the whole family together. And over these 30 years, as their families grew and got more complicated, it takes a great deal of planning to do that because everyone has very busy schedules. So if I wanted to plan a holiday get together, I would start two months ahead with the calendar and, and talk with each one of the, uh, family members to make sure we could plan a date that absolutely worked with everybody around uh, college schedules, around their own personal holiday schedules, whatever it was, uh, whatever other activities they had. So if we were celebrating holidays, sometimes it was before the holiday, sometimes it was after the holiday. uh, But we just made sure that we always had a date that worked for every single one. And, And Clearly, it has worked because no matter what we do, once we plan it, everybody actually shows up every time. And now the grandkids are now between the ages of 12 and 25, almost 26. And so they're no longer the older ones. The two 12-year-olds, of course, just do whatever their parents tell them or take them to. Uh, But the others have their own very independent lives, but they show up every time, too. And uh, as recently as Saturday night, when we did get all of the families together for what we called our Latke Zoom Fest, and we made a, a Hanukkah party on Zoom delivered uh, latkes and appetizers to each of the families made uh,
1: wait wait wait. you did that in person you delivered oh yes
2: yes yes we we made our 10 pounds of potato pancakes that we make always for this blended family Um, but instead of uh, heating them up at home we brought a, a package of latkes to each family we made six stops Uh, went as far as Hyde Park in one direction and and Libertyville in the other direction and brought them each uh, uh, a bunch of luckies and a family favorite appetizer and a bunch of other little treats for them. And so we had uh, the six households and every household um, even those who don't actually celebrate Hanukkah because it's not part of their religious tradition, but all the households had menorahs, and we all lit the candles together and had um, uh, a lucky Zoom fest happy hour together, and every single person was <laughs> present. So, so <laughs> we're very grateful that it's worked. We're grateful for our families, the support, and. Um, uh, you know but we've worked at it, we've worked at it and and they know that uh, that we care and and so it's a mutual appreciation
1: and as you are uh, both getting a little older, do you <laughs> feel do you feel that these that this will continue or is there anyone who might pick up and continue to do it for you uh, how how are you thinking about it? no i've
2: I've not really thought about that. Um, i It's hard to say how they will continue it when when we're not here. Uh, I think as long as we're here, even if we can't do it, I think that that they will make an effort. Um, I think that my daughter. I mean, I can't speak as much for the other two, but I think that my daughter will make sure that it continues. Um, At least while we're here, I don't, you know, it's hard to think about, you know, (laughs) what they will or won't do beyond. Uh, I know that they're always happy to be together. They don't have um, joined social lives. They don't go out together in the days when you could go out. But they're always happy to come and be together. Um, So, you know, I I know that my daughter has said, you know, gee, if you if you can't do it, you know, I'll, I'll do this, or I'll do that, you know, and, and so I think she she'll pick up pieces, uh, at least in the Mm -hmm. near term.
1: Well, you've certainly been a role model for this. And in, in the same way that you have been a role model for. Uh, sharing wealth and and the steps you took to help everybody be on the same stage, the same page about that, I, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about what you did in terms of your own estate planning and how you shared it with the children. Well,
2: it's um, I, it, it's it's interesting that uh, you know we had been thinking about and and concerned. This is sort of the same. It's a sort of continuation of the same. Conversation about um, bringing people together, and uh, and how do we manage this blended family? And as we were doing our own estate planning, uh, you know, we were very clear to to make um, the documents that are required, and, and put a lot of thought into you know how are we going to make sure that everyone perceives that this is fair and equitable first when one of us is gone and then when both of us are gone and how do we do this and then uh, because the last last thing that we wanted was for um, anyone to feel that we weren't I wasn't fair to his kids or that he wasn't being fair to mine uh, after we've, you know, we had this blended family all these years. It's a you know a long time now. And so so we uh when we were talking with the person who was helping us with the estate planning documents and you know how to uh what kind of language to use, we decided uh and, and the, the, the person who was sort of helping us through this. Uh, talked about the importance of communicating to the children about our plans and not leaving this as a surprise when somebody's gone because that's such a stressful time, no matter what um, that it's um, and he actually even had some tools as i recall to to help us uh, think about this and to think about how to communicate it so um uh, it was not an easy thing to do, uh, but we decided that we would uh, bring the family together, uh, let them know ahead of time. So we, this we only did with the adult children, not with any of the grandchildren. And I think it, it's, it's uh, I can only think of, Two other times in, in all these years where we actually were together, just the adults from the time, you know, grandchildren started to show up. Um, but I said, you know, we wanted them all to just come here one evening without the children. And we told them what it was going to be about. And and one of them said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that. And, and my son, who was in Florida, was not about to come here for this purpose, but we had him on... Uh, FaceTime on the coffee table on the iPad. He was part of it too. And uh, he said, oh, mom, you can just tell me what you want. And I said, no, 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 you have to be part of this too. So we got everybody here, the, the eight adults, and we we reviewed all of the, the documents and what our plans were for um, the divisions when one or another of us... Passes away, and uh, and then when the second one does, and how things would be divided, and we hoped that their perception was that this was equitable, and um, and how you know we thought about uh, not just after we were gone, but as we were aging, if there were issues about the house or living where we should be living or driving or you know. You know, and how the, the the money and and the legal documents. So we 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 went over all of it, and of course, you know, uh, answered any questions. We also had prepared a uh, what I call like a file inventory, and with um, a lot of contact information. It was like a three or four page document with lots and lots and lots of details of what's where and and how to access things and. Um, and so, uh you know what's in which file cabinet and, and what's in which drawer and and uh how to contact people that they might need to contact if we weren't able to be part of that conversation and um so the, even those that were reluctant to have this conversation uh felt that it was right and fair. And and one family member in particular expressed extreme gratitude. She said mm. she was so thankful for us for doing this because there's another older member of her family um, who is resistant to any conversations, who has done no planning uh, and won't talk about any planning. And so she knows that they're going to be at some point left with a a mess and that, you know, and, and, uh, and really resents that. And so she was so extremely grateful that we had taken the time to do this. So it was gratifying. And, uh, and we've um, not really brought it up with any of them since then. They each have copies of, you know, certain of the documents. And we did just actually, um, like a month ago, update this file inventory document. It's surprising how many things change uh, mm. that uh, you don't have this account anymore. And, you you know, and this person isn't the one doing this anymore. And this doctor has changed and whatever. And, you know, so there's, uh, so I did update it and, uh, and basically, um, uh, you know, advised that it has been updated, but everything is current and in place. And, so uh, hopefully, it'll be many, 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 many years before anybody has to deal with any of those things. Uh, but, um, but it was something that we both felt strongly we needed to do. So because uh, I remember after my mom passed away, I was so grateful that my sister and I and, and through her, her later years too, my sister and I, we were always on the same page about what was needed how how to handle things and and um and it was there was never ever any conflicts, and and consequently no regrets you know and and no hostilities and and we wanted to try to ensure that our own children would uh, be able to not have any because particularly because it was the blended family um that there that they would all know that um, this is the way we wanted to approach end of life um, and um, and quality of life issues and and so on, uh, because even within the family, religiously, not everybody comes to it from the the same perspective. And so we felt it was very important to be clear. About um, if they love us and honor us, this is what we hope that they will do, and we hope that they will be together um, when if decisions need to be made by them on our behalf. And as I say, they were grateful, so we're glad we mm-hmm. did it.
0: Mm-hmm. But it wasn't yes. easy.
2: It wasn't easy.
0: <laughs> I have a different kind of question for you, Nancy. Uh-huh. In the introduction, Gail said that you play with dedication, and then you said you love to play. Oh, sure. <laughs> Tell us about play. <laughs>
2: well, I probably don't play as much as I as I should, <laughs> um, but you know, I just mean by that um, having, you know, control to, to plan my day around entertaining and enjoyable activities, so I'm not a great big sports person uh but um i do love to walk i do we do love to travel um and um and, and uh, play to me is just about planning my days in ways that i think are going to be interesting and enjoyable so some days it's it's it might be listening to a lecture or taking a class or you know, right now so much is about involving um uh, online uh activities but mm-hmm. there's so much available right now uh, this morning i was watching you know a performance of elvin ailey <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know and it's all for free not all i mean we do pay for some of it but but there's so much available to us so my play time is is really around finding things um uh that are enjoyable for me um a month or so ago uh, I read a, a, a Tribune um a piece by Mary Smith. maybe you're familiar with her mm-hmm. column in the Tribune and she was writing uh what she called a pandemic column and uh, and you know everybody busy moaning uh, and groaning about all the things that they're uh, uh that they can't do and 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 she she reflected some things that I really resonated with me and and even before I read this, you know, I've been doing this with my husband and I would say at the end of the day, you know, what was good about today? What was fun today? And, you know, so we just try, I mean, that every day is, 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 you know, anything extraordinary, certainly, but there's always, you know, a thing or two or three that made the day nice. And, and I don't want to focus on all the things that we can't do right now because I feel very, very, very fortunate that, um, that uh, the restrictions that we have to do uh, are for our own benefit and there's no point in complaining about it. So uh, uh, so I just wanna make sure we can do something that's good every day. And at the end of the day, whether it was we took a walk or we read something interesting or we watched a show that was fun, um, or we learned something, um, its some, made a good dinner or whatever it is. Um, uh, that we have a good day and and uh, and focus on, on the good things. so that's that's kind of what my play is.
0: Great, Thank you. I like that. It,
1: yes, it seems as though you you give the same energy to play as you did to work, as you do to volunteerism, as you do to relationships. And, and all of that has clearly helped you feel good about where you are and looking forward to the future. Do you ever think about aging besides from a planning point of view? Are you, are you, um, is there a way that you're approaching it, that you're thinking about it or don't you?
2: Well, it's really funny, um, that you asked that, um, I, I didn't think about, uh, anything like goals, uh, for most of my life. And, uh, I think I told you about this once before, Gail, uh, our oldest grandson took a course in college, um, something about the different stages of life. And so I would talk to him about his classes and, and, um, one day in the spring, and this is probably seven, eight years ago, he said to me, um, uh you know, sent me a text, you know, grandma, can I interview you for a, a, a class I'm taking? Can I interview you tonight? And so I texted him back and said, sure. And we set a time. I said, is this for your, you know, uh, uh sort of class about ages and stages of life or whatever it was called? And he said, yeah. I said, oh, so you got to the old people. And he said, yeah. So he called the, to interview me. And and so he was asking me about my childhood and my young adulthood, and and it was I was a young adult. Did I had, what were my goals? I said, I didn't have any goals, you know. I just got married, I had children, I didn't you know, have goals. And then um, you know, we got into a little, you know, later the kids were older, it was my work, my career, you know, uh, did I have goals? I said, I didn't have any goals. And so, like three different stages, and then we got to you know fairly. I said, "Well, now I have goals. I never had goals my whole life." I said, "But now I actually have goals. It's it's important to me because we don't know how many years we have left, and that we don't. You know, I feel like all of a sudden. Um, and then I would say that you know this goes back you know a few years before I had this interview with him because I had thought about it, and I think maybe it was around the time. I was retiring, uh, maybe it was even a little before then, but I said, my, so my, my goals now, number one is stay healthy, do whatever I can to stay healthy, um, and, and number two, I want to, um, you know, certainly stay connected with my family and friends, and I want to continue learning, I mean, you know, sort of lifelong learning is important to me, and you know, take classes and travel is a big part of that. So uh, so constantly feeling like I'm expanding my horizons and learning more about the world. And my volunteering sort of fits into that because I keep learning about places through the, the students that I meet. And so, so I have these goals of being of service and staying well and traveling and learning and family and friends. And these are actual goals. Do I spend a lot of time thinking about them? And what do I do today to enhance these goals? I don't think so. Um, but I, I feel like they're pretty well internalized at this point. That that the, these are the things that kind of drive me for now. And um, and uh, obviously, travel is not a part of this at the moment. Um, I don't know, you know, if and when I'll be getting back on an airplane. I'm not in a hurry to do it. I feel very fortunate we've been able to travel as much as we have over the last uh fifteen years or so. Uh but um um you know hopefully the time will come where I will feel like it's safe to travel again. Um uh, but in the meantime, um uh, just focus on the other things and um and uh that's sort of the way I'm approaching these these years and at least for the short term of the future.
1: Mm-hmm. Well Wow, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, uh, you are very inspiring, and your, uh, your perspective on life is inspiring. And the things that you do are also inspiring. And so we appreciate very much your sharing these views with us. And I think that you've said a lot of useful things for our listeners.
0: Absolutely. And thank you, Nancy. And listeners, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Become an active participant in our community through our Facebook group and join in on our monthly Zoom gatherings. And we'll see you next Wednesday on Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. Thank you for listening to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. If you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. In what ways are you shattering the myths that women over 70 are no longer relevant or visible? How are you celebrating aging? Join with us. Make your voice heard. Find us at womenover70.com.